Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording of a Shabbat teaching by Rabbi Cantor Hilary Chorney. Today's learning is uh, is real. It's real partial learning. I didn't come here to to give a drosh on on something else. I want us to dig into the parsha itself. Um, and really just one word that stands out in the Parsha. We're going to take a little journey through Rashi on that verse, and then we're going to take a journey skipping ahead through the Tanakh into Vayikra and into a Hasidic commentary on Vayikra. And the notion here is that we're making a, an in-depth exploration of a singular word that shows up and how it's used and how, in particular, the medieval thinkers, moving on to the Hasidic thinkers, imagined this you this word being yielded and being wielded by our ancestor Yaakov. Um, so we're we're located in the coming weeks parsha brace sheet we're in Genesis 32 verse 5 and if you want to you can join me uh, on page 198 because that's uh, right where we are at the beginning of the um, of the parsha and Joel read for us a little while ago, Yaakov, Yaakov sent messengers ahead, El Esav Achiv. He sent them to his, his brother Esau. Had these two seen each other in a while? No, it had been a minute, right? And it had been a minute on purpose because Yaakov had fled. Why had Yaakov fled? He kind of stole two things, right? But he re- he stole the birthright. And after after stealing the birthright uh, from his weak-eyed, uh, from their weak-eyed father, uh, he ran. And he he went and he sent messengers ahead. And there's a lot of commentary and discussion about why he went and sent messengers ahead. We're not going to get into the why of that, uh, but we are going to get into what he said. Artsa Seir Sedei Edom. So uh, he says... Um, uh, he said it to where Esau was, which was in the land of Seir, and that's in the country of Edom. And Edom is the name that eventually becomes associated with who? With Esau, right? So Esau eventually is is perpetually associated with Edom. Vaitzavotam uh, lemor. This is the verse that you'll find on your sheet. The second verse. Ko tomarun ladoni leesav. Okay, so go and tell to um to the uh he he says you should say to him so he's instructing his servants his shlichim his uh, emissaries to go and say to him ladoni leesav to that is to my lord to esav if i were going to break down a commentary by the way that's where i would break it down ladoni leesav the fact that that la shows up twice which means that ladoni was its own thought to my to my lord ladoni to my sir so there's a little bit of what what kind of nuance, by the way, in that word, ladonila esav. Servitude, flattery when the person that you're trying to flatter isn't even there. I would say maybe a little bit of deference at that point, um, because when we say sir, that's usually a, a deferential. That's even true in today's parlance. Good. Okay. And then he says, here's what you should say to, to him and to his people. Ko amar abdecha Yaakov. Here, thus was what was said uh, by your, your abdecha, your, what, your, your servant. But is there any difference between servant and slave in Hebrew? No, no. By your, the one who, the one who serves you, basically, your, your servant. And, uh, even the word slave is sort of buried in there. Okay. So abdecha Yaakov, im lavan garti, with lavan, who is lavan? They're what? 
uncle, right? Okay. Imlavan garti. And what is garti? It's the same in modern Hebrew. I lived, I lived, or I resided. And that is what we're going to, that is the very word we're going to dig into today. Va'echar ad ata. And I stayed back there, like achar, achri, va'echar ad ata. And what's ata with an ayin? Now, like, like until this very moment has the, that kind of a connotation. Okay, great. Now we're going to look at Rashi. And Rashi is probably a school of thought. It's like Shakespeare, right? Like it's a, a group of group of thinkers, but certainly he was uh, an important thinker and writer. Uh, French, he was uh, around in the 11th through 13th centuries. The later commentary we're going to look at is about 500 years after that, full 500 years. So right now we're way back, 11th through 13th century, 11th, hmm? right? But he died, in 1105. he died in 1105, but his commentary may or may not have continued to be built. And so there are lots of thought. That's why people say, by the way, that's a great point. So what AJ was saying, by the way, welcome, glad you're here. Um, and it's nice to see you. And what um, what we're saying is that he, he did die in 1105, but the uh, but his school of writings may or may not have been perpetuated from there. We have probably more writings than a single human being could have done, but who knows? Rashi was just a genius. So there you go. Um, so here's Rashi's thought on this. He goes, Lo nasiti sarv chashuv, ela ger. So I, I did not become... A sar, where do we know the word sar from? We're about to hear that in another parsha coming up. Yosef and the sar mashkim. Right, we have the, the, the sar is, I have not become a, an elevated member of some royal family. Okay, I have not become an elevated uh, person in anyone's court, right? Uh, like, what's that? Or sar? Also sara, and also sara. So I, I've not become a sar. I've not become a chashuv. What is a chashuv? I've not become of any importance, okay? Lona Seti, I'm not a, uh, I didn't become a sar, I didn't become a chashuv, an important person. Ella ger, rather a ger. I became a ger. So lots of different ways to, to translate this. I think that if you're giving fealty to the root, you probably would say in English, a resident. And people sometimes add stranger to resident. So a resident stranger. Why? Because Lagur is to live. And it just, we have, we have our different verbs, many different verbs for the notion of living. And this particular kind of living, whether you've got ger or garti, as we had in this verse, this is in verb form, uh, you're talking about residence. So in the pasuk itself, Yaakov says to his servants, go tell my brother garti, im lavan garti, I I, I, I've been living with Levon. Rashi says, no, we didn't just say I've been living with Levon. He said, I have not become a sar. I've not become a chashu. I've not become any of these important things. Ella ger. What does that mean? I've not become one of these things. Sar, a chashu. Ella ger. Before we read the rest of the word. So ger is often translated also as a stranger. Why is it translated as a stranger? Maybe Bob wants to answer that or offer something else. Right. I haven't become one of them. Why is it translated as a stranger? It's because it's like an unincorporated person. So stranger meaning. I'm living in the land, but I am neither part of. He says, not only am I not an important person, not only am I not a, a, a prince or some sort of a member of the royal class. I was just like a visitor there. 
I was residing there as a visitor. Yeah, someone else want to add something? I'm Marshall. I have no, right, I have no permanent status. I have no, yeah, I have no sense that I have any permanent status there. In fact, it puts me in a precarious position in, uh, because perhaps I could even be booted from there at any time. It really, it really should have, I want to say Rashi was missing a word here. It should really say thus in some way, right? And therefore, lachain is kind of missing in this place. So let's add in a bracketed lachain. And therefore, it's not, it's not worth your time. It's not valuable for you to hate me. Al birkat avicha. Um, at when it comes to on the matter of the blessing of Avicha, what's interesting about Avicha, about your father? It's not Avinu. It's not our father. It's your father. Okay. Listen to the levels and the layer. I was trying to combine the words levels and layers of deference in here. Avicha, right? Your father. Birkat Avicha she berchani. Who blessed me, Heve Givir Lechecha. These are the words of the blessing that Yaakov gave him when he received the, that birthright blessing. He says, It's not worthwhile, therefore, to hate me in regard to the blessing that your father blessed me with, Barcheni. And that is this blessing that said, You shall be a Givir Lechecha. You should be a, a Givir is like a, another word for. Uh, asar and asi, right? Uh, but um, some sort of a, a, a ruler or a master over your brother. What's he saying? Why shouldn't he hate him? Why, why should why should Asaph not bother hating him over that over that uh, blessing that he stole? Yeah, you have a thought, Ur? Ur says that there's no the blessing didn't endow me with anything. There's no reason to hate him. Yeah, pretty slick. In other words, he's saying, "Look at me, you." Why, why hate me? Look, I'm I'm a nobody. I'm an ordinary guy. I'm just a guy. I'm a. I've not become any more. The blessing that you're so mad about, I've not become any better for. Yeah. Yeah, downplaying it. Yeah. Great question. So, if he's a nobody, why does he have this whole? Um, why does he have all this chattel, right? Why does he have all this stuff that belongs to him? The people who belong to him. Uh, well, remember, is he saying this to Aesop's face? He's rehearsing it and he's sending it with his messengers and he's not there and neither are all the people and the stuff behind him. It's just the words that he's sending. He says, go ahead. You you go ahead, my messengers. You go ahead and you tell him no reason to hate me, says Rashi, right? No reason to hate me because I'm just, you know, Gartim Levan. I, I've, just, I've just been with Levan. I didn't become anything special. I'm nobody. I'm nothing. No need to hate. Okay, I'm gonna finish the thought, but first AJ, and then I'll I'll finish the uh, Rashi. Okay, so so yeah, right. So AJ says AJ says, listen, I've heard uh, maybe it's something that I've taken in, maybe it's something that someone said in a teaching, but I've always thought you know Yaakov sort of grew up a little bit, matured a little bit, and became a little bit more of a trustworthy uh, individual, bichlal overall, or maybe to his brother in particular. But here he is. And he's not being particularly honest about many things, including he says, I'm right behind you, but then he's still in camps for a night. And I'll just remind us that in the verse itself, all he says is in Levan Garti, which is true. I've been living with Levan, right? And it's Rashi who's reading this sort of deceptive tone in. So let's finish the Rashi. He says, don't be mad at me. I didn't become anything important. Uh, and that blessing didn't really do anything, right? Because look at me. Shehare lo nitkaima vi. Because it hasn't been 
uh, this, in this um, particular mitkaima means it hasn't been it hasn't been established in me. It hasn't been actualized in me. Exactly. Um, thank you, Marshall. Yeah, it hasn't been established in me. Devaracher. Uh, what is devaracher? Oh, I have another thing to say, says Rashi. It may or may not be related to the first thing, but I have another interpretation. Garti begimashia taryag. The word garti has a value in, in gematria of 613, which is the number of the mitzvot, the commandments. Okay, great. And he says, Kilomar, im lavan garti v'taryag mitzvot, shamarti v'lo lamadti mimasav ha-raim. So he says two things. He says, I've been living with Lavan and that the word Garti is a, is a hint at the notion that he's been living and learning how to live by the 613 mitzvot. And to clarify this, Rashi says, and I haven't learned Lavan's evil ways. Right? As if that's the thing that Esau is most concerned about in that moment is that perhaps Yaakov got worse, wickeder by living with Levan. Uh, he says, no, I, I've been sitting and I've been learning mitzvot, which by the way, kind of goes to your explanation or your question, AJ, which is like, well, like what's he been doing all this time? Has he been getting better? Rashi says in this moment, perhaps Garti is his claim that I have learned and I've learned of my ways. We're going to take this in a completely different direction for this last bit of the teaching. We're almost through it, right? This is going to blaze by today. We're going to go to a completely different part of the Tanakh. We're going to fast forward to Vayikra. Go ahead and open up to Vayikra chapter 25. So you're going to find that on page, I believe, 680. What's that? 742. Thank you so much. 742. Great. So 741. Yeah. So we're at, we're at verse 23. It's at the bottom of the page, second to last verse on there. And this is in the mitzvot that we are being given in Vayikra about what we should do when we are observing the laws of Shnat Shabbaton, of the sabbatical year, which is very dear to my heart. Bless you. It's very dear to my heart because uh, I'm about to take a um, a part of a, a chalik Shnat Shabbaton, a, a, a sabbatical. But this is, uh, this is my favorite part right now. Um, and uh, just thinking about it, you know, how nice to rest. Nobody's going to be, nobody's going to be coming to do any uh, land, landscaping or, or, or uh, planting or asking me to bear any fruit. They're just going to ask me to, uh, to be, which I appreciate, and I'm going to rest in that. So here we are in the middle of the resting time, and there's this command that we get, v'ha'aretz lo timacher litzmitut ki li ha'aretz ki gerim v'toshavim atem imadi. So two thoughts and then an explanation as to why. So the land, it cannot be sold beyond what can be what is what does it mean here uh, uh it cannot be sold beyond how i in perpetuity in order in other words we have to be able to what we have to be able to get get it back we have to be able to redeem it okay so we're not allowed to do that um uh because for to you know first of all kili haaretz who who's whose land is it god says you can you got to be able to reclaim it because you're my people and you I'm reading into this now, but you're my people and it's my land. So you can't like sell it away from us. Okay. And he says, key and the, the text says key um, for let's say resident aliens or, or strangers or just visiting, not even green card status, right? Those are people who are 
um, actual resident, uh, um, those who are residing within uh, the land perhaps for even a longer amount of time, atem ima d, you are but strangers resident with me. And what does that mean? And in the context, what does it mean? It's not yours to sell, but isn't that phrase gerim v'toshavim atem kind of weird? It implies that that gerim v'toshavim imadi implies that you are strangers residing with me in my land, says God. It's a very harsh verse, actually, I think to a certain extent. And the Hasidim, uh, of the, the Hasidic movement did not want to read that verse in its shot basic meaning. Okay? We could dig into this for a long time, but basically, I'll kind of sum up the notion in the context. You have to hold on to this land because whenever you are in land, even if you think this land is yours, even when I give you, I, I'm going to gift you this land, this land is your inheritance, it is still an inheritance from me, and Ger is still the status that you, my people, have when you are residing in my land. Hasidut, that notion it is not the loving notion necessarily of God that that they wanted to build a picture of, depending on where you were in Hasidut. And I brought this teaching from Degel Machane Ephraim. Um, and it's it's on this verse. It is the first paragraph in Hebrew on the inside uh, of the first page. And it's also in the English. I only translated the part that we are going to do because otherwise it would have been a 14-page packet or something like that. But we're going to look at the Hebrew and at the English. And he's going to dig into this notion of Geirim, and also into the notion of imadi. Oh, Degel Machane Ephraim, he's a 18th century, he's, he's Hasidic, uh, it's not him, he's, um, forgive me, Degel Machane Ephraim is the name of his work, but he is the, I'll come back to you right after Shabbat, the name is escaping my head, I meant to put it on here, um, but that's not his name, it's the name of the teaching, Degel Machane Ephraim, uh, and he, uh, he picks apart this verse with Gerim, Betoshavim, Atem Imadi, and he's focusing on both the words Ger and Imadi. He says, Yeshla Marbazev, Derech Remez, Lahavinza, that there's a way of saying, uh, that, um, there's a hint in this verse, Alpi Shishamati Michacham. I heard this from a wise person. Echad al Basuk Ger Anochiba Aretz, Al Taster Mimeni Mitzvotecha. Kiyadua. Mean Ikot Tevat Haolam. Kimishahu, uh, Gar Ain Lo. And I'll pause there for just a second. is where we're going to go next. So he says, you are resident strangers with me or Garim with me means it's possible that you could talk about sort of an illusion that's taking place. I like that word as a translation, a remez, a hint, an illusion of some, uh, about something. He said he heard this from a particular wise person regarding this particular teaching that this notion of I'm a stranger in the land, do not hide uh, your commandments um, from me. This is a verse from Psalms. He says this is, it's known because this is the quality of the nature of the world that what is a stranger? A stranger is is a person without an am, without a people to hold tight to, to cleave to. Uh, and um, they don't have anyone who they are close to or to tell all of what is going on to or all of their heart to because they have not found a friend, either Jew or Gentile. Uh, 
אך כשרואה חברו הגר, אזי מספר,
Right. What you're saying, Bob? So God has removed God's self. Right. God is no longer an active uh, figure on this earth, does not have residence on this earth. Okay. If somebody was going to say something else. So God cannot even be reduced to having a locus on this earth, says AJ. It's not possible. God is is infinite. It's too big to be contained in one single place, right? Am I understanding that correctly? And so it's understanding the grandiosity of, of God in that regard. Um, let me go down the way. So Gary and then Alan. Ah, that's beautiful. So Gary says, not everybody knows God. Uh, God is not a chashuv or a sar to all peoples on this earth. God doesn't have a special status everywhere. Right? There are plenty of people who don't. And in that case, God is a gear. God is a stranger to those people and in those places. That's really, that's really interesting. Alan, with which view of the rabbis? It seems inconsistent, this idea of God being a gear with which view? Right, that God is the place of the world, that the world is sort of located in God. I think that I could live in harmony, though, with the notion that God is a stranger wherever God is not known. That's possible, right, that there's this not that there's a not knowingness in the status. And it's also possible that there is a, a loftier notion of what God is all over this world. Uh, and then also how God is received or how we are received when we are in those places. It might be the case that the world is God's and the land is God's, but that's not how we behave in this world, really, not day to day. And I think that there might be a, a real differential there that you're pointing out, Alan, between um, the, this ideal notion that's being put forward and not. So I want to read this imadi back into our original verse and the notion of ger back into our original verse. Remember that we weren't really talking about Shnat Shabbaton and this idea that the land doesn't belong to us and even God. When God says imadi, what does God mean? God says, I am also a ger with you. So I want to read it all the way back into the original verse and this idea. We're going to take a Hasidic read on this first verse. So I'm bringing us back to Genesis chapter 32, verse 5. Uh, Yaakov says, tell my brother the following, im lavan garti. Um, I, I have been a gear, that's how I'm going to translate it. I have been a gear with lavan this whole time. So instead of saying that my status as Yaakov is uh, that I have been a stranger this entire time, I am nothing, I am nothing. This really goes with the second read of Rashi more than anything, which is this whole time, I have been residing in this world like God resides in this world. Being a gear anywhere is an emulation of God's presence in this world. In other words, this notion of being alone, this notion of being not the people of the highest status of Hashuv status in the place where we are living, it's not only something that that we can see in the text by looking at examples of our forefathers, like seeing what Yaakov's experience was or what he claimed his experience was with Levan, it's actually a godly experience. It is a godly experience in this world to be so small in comparison with the power that exists in any realm and in any place where we are. I think that went up. I was like, my voice sounds different to me. Um, it, it is, a, it is a way of being godly in this world. And how do we represent our godliness in this world? How do we live like God in these places? It's like the second part of what Rashi says, that living in that, in that word of garti is living in the mitzvot and embodying uh, God's deeds on this planet. What I appreciate about this teaching right now, and this is not a, about a drosh on the moment, um, I, I do think, that there is uh, a certain resonance to the notion of um, being a 
Gear being a stranger in whatever land we are living in. And we are living in a time when the idea of being a Sar or a Chashuv in our land as a Yehudi, as a Jew, is a very important differential than, being, than other places in the world. And to, to live holding on to, clinging on to this notion that it's not only the destiny of the Jewish people to live in this way, but also that there is a godliness embodied in that loneliness, that even God has no place to claim citizenship in this world, uh, is, I think, intended in the Hasidic teaching to be a, um, to be a gentle, comforting blanket a little bit. Even God has nowhere where God actually lives in this world. So when you're feeling alone, and when you're feeling like a stranger, and when you're feeling like for whatever reason you need to say to somebody, I, I'm just still a stranger here. I'm just kind of living in this place. I, I, don't, I don't have control here. I might be blessed. I might have been given the blessing, but look at me and look at how I'm living. That in those moments that we're able to say, ah, but even God has no place where God lives on this earth. And in that, we can find comfort and company, uh, company in the highest possible order. So with that, I'll end the Shabbat teaching. I encourage you to, to um, dig into the, the end of the Degel Machane Ephraim as well, because it's a great teaching on, uh, you can save it for Parshat Bahar, because we're going to get there eventually, and that's the teaching on Parshat Bahar. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple Podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Beth Am Los Angeles, go to tbala.org.